Hi, I'm Gracie Sarkeesian, the Executive Director at the NYU Wasserman Center, and this is All in a Day's Work, the podcast we've created for you. All in a Day's Work will bring you episodes featuring members of the NYU community doing interesting work and navigating the professional world. We are excited to share their stories with you. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Mercadante from NYU Wasserman, and this is All in a Day's Work. Today, we're sitting down with Gina Liao, an NYU alumna, diversity, equity, and inclusion manager at the FDNY, and returned Peace Corps volunteer. Gina, can you start with a, a quick overview of what you studied while you were a student here at NYU and what you've been doing since graduation? Sure, Joe. So happy to be on this podcast. I studied diversity, equity, and inclusion And so at the Gallatin School, everyone studies their own major and they can take courses from any of the schools. I started with wanting to study diversity, equity, and inclusion, specifically in cultural exchange programs. But as I was going through my coursework, I wanted to broaden my specialization a bit and study DEI more broadly. I interned at the New York City Fire Department in their Office of Diversity and Inclusion. And I loved my internship so much, I asked if I could stay on. And thankfully, I got the opportunity to do so. And now I am the Diversity and Inclusion Manager. That's fantastic. Thank you. I would love to hear a little bit more about how you developed your interest in diversity, equity, inclusion. I am from Astoria, Queens. And I had the opportunity to be taken care of by a Greek babysitter. I'm ethnically Chinese. And so I was immediately exposed to different cultures and picked up Greek. I speak better Greek, actually, than I do Mandarin, which is the language that my family speaks, as well as Cantonese. And there were moments in time when I didn't feel included by certain communities. When I was in school, in elementary school, one time I was made fun of for having slanty eyes, being Asian American. At that point, when I was six years old, I really just really wanted to be embraced and included in, in the communities that I was in. And so that made me feel very passionate about learning about different cultures and Bridging gaps of understanding, especially cultural understanding, really helps us embrace people more. And so it became my sort of uh, mission going through life to, to do that. I volunteered on a Greek radio station when I was in high school. Uh, I studied abroad in China and wanted to have a more integrated experience. And so after I graduated from undergrad, I went to uh, the City College of New York and specialized in international relations and Asian studies. I decided to do the Peace Corps. And thankfully, they had a program in China. And I taught English there in Nianyang, uh, Sichuan province, which is in southwest China. And while I was there, I served in what in the DEI space we call an affinity group, which is a group of people with the common identity or a common interest in something. And so the affinity group that I was a part of was called Racially Similar, Racially Different. And essentially it was for people of color amongst the Peace Corps volunteers in China. With that group, I was able to work with other Peace Corps volunteers to learn about how we could be good allies to one another and educate the 
communities that we were working in about the diversity of Americans. And I was able to offer support to other Peace Corps volunteers of color. I wanted to continue the work that I was doing with that group and bring it back to the States upon completion of service. So in my second year of service, I was able to apply to different grad schools. And thankfully, the NYU Gallatin School of Individualized Study welcomed me with open arms. And I was able to study DEI and was awarded the Paul D. Coverdell Fellowship, which is awarded to return Peace Corps volunteers who want to attend grad school upon completion of their programs. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being so open about your personal experiences. I would love to talk about Peace Corps a little bit more and your experience there. Can you just elaborate a little bit about what that Peace Corps experience was like for you? Absolutely. So there is no longer a China program. It, it has since graduated, but I was really grateful to be in the 20th cohort of that program. And there I taught English as a foreign language to college students who wanted to become teachers. So I taught thesis writing and speaking and listening in English. When I wasn't teaching, I led student leaders at an English resource center and created various clubs like cooking club, movie club, book club. I helped with the publication of the first English newspaper at the university. And I led English Corner every week, which was a time when anyone was welcome to help practice their English. So I really sourced interest in my students to see what they wanted to talk about and how they wanted to engage with the language more and learn more about American culture. So you came to NYU as a, a Coverdale Fellow you mentioned earlier. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in the program? Yeah, I, I'm so, so grateful to have been a Coverdale Fellow. I was in the first cohort of Coverdale Fellows and the first fellow at my school. It was such a great community. I think there were about eight of us. And I came back from China for my service in June of 2016 and then started grad school immediately after in August. And so to have that community of other fellows of people who have gone through Peace Corps, even though we all served in different countries, really felt like a community. And we were given career coaching, goal setting, and other leadership development opportunities. I was able to serve in various underserved communities in New York City. So as part of the service requirement of Coverdale, we have to complete 160 hours of service. And so I had the opportunity to read books to children, help prepare and serve food at a senior center. I also worked at a coordinator for a professional development program for youth. I think my experiences in serving the community served as a, a great primer for my eventual internship at FDNY. You're currently on the senior leadership for the New York City Peace Corps Association. How do you feel like your time in Peace Corps or as a Coverdale Fellow influenced your interest in leadership? When I started studying at Gallatin, I had met other Peace Corps volunteers too who weren't in the Coverdale program. And I realized how great of a connection I had with fellow Peace Corps volunteers. With the New York City Peace Corps Association, we also have a storytelling podcast called Peace Corps Stories. And just hearing about them made me passionate about just meeting more volunteers. And so I took on creating some social activities and then expanded 
and collaborated with the New York City Peace Corps Association, which is also known as NYCPCA, to organize speed networking events and other types of social events. Uh, we help each other with getting jobs and finding housing. During my time in Peace Corps, I learned key leadership skills like listening and taking initiative and staying humble and really living to my core values. And those are many of the leadership qualities that I wanted to bring to the NYC PCA and help inspire others to do so as well. That's fantastic. And I think the fact that you are so involved even outside of work is a great example of how people can use their communities and other involvements to build networks, build skills, connections, and friendships as well. So that's great. So I want to go back and talk more about your work with FDNY. So how did you ultimately land your current role at the FDNY and what are your major responsibilities there? So after my first year of graduate school study, I wanted to get my feet wet in uh, work experience in DEI. So I saw an opportunity to intern at the New York City Fire Department. I had two interviews and received the role shortly after. There, I get to work with our 40-plus affiliated organizations and employee resource groups on professional development events and different cultural events. I help create and facilitate different trainings in various fields or topics like allyship, implicit bias. I oversee our budget and serve as the human resources liaison. And one of the other things I'm really passionate about there is doing restorative circle work, which is really key. We have courageous conversations in restorative circle format. Those are some of my major responsibilities. But what's really exciting about the work is that every day is different. I'm grateful that DEI is a field that is very interdisciplinary. So I get to use the skills that I learned in grad school in various aspects of my work. We'll be right back to our episode after this quick tip from Miriam Miller. The NYU Peace Corps Coverdell Fellowship Program offers a select group of returned Peace Corps volunteers a financial scholarship while pursuing a master's degree at one of the six participating NYU graduate schools. So fellows have to intern, work, or volunteer with a nonprofit organization or governmental agency that serves high-needs communities in the United States, and so that's a requirement that they would complete during their time as a student here at NYU. And additionally, as part of the program, they participate in a cohort-based career development program in their first year of study. And they also get to take advantage of individualized career coaching sessions. So the partnership between the Coverdell Fellowship and the Wasserman Center creates a really unique opportunity for fellows to identify the skills that they've developed during their Peace Corps service and consider how they might continue to use that in their professional life. And for those of you who might be interested in participating in the program, you can apply as you submit your graduate school applications at one of our participating schools. So to learn more information about whether or not the program you're considering has a partnership with Coverdell, you can take a look at the NYU Coverdell Fellowship website and get lots more information on there. And now, back to the episode. You 
Now, I would like to dig into those restorative circle practices you mentioned a little bit before. Can you share a little bit more about what they are and how you're using them to build community and resolve conflicts? So the restorative circle process is a Native American tradition of sitting around a fire and resolving conflict, building community and and healing from harm. There is a talking piece that is usually used to help facilitate the session. The talking piece is passed around and whoever is holding the talking piece has the power to speak and everyone is there to listen. When you have the piece, you are speaking authentically from the heart and only speaking from your own experience and there's no crosstalk. So when I am speaking, I can't respond to what others are saying, but simply speak from the heart of my own experience. And it is such a healing experience to not only speak what I'm processing myself, but it's also so healing to hear from others what they are feeling. And sometimes we realize that something that we've been processing is something that someone else is also experiencing. In listening to how they are experiencing it, you notice that it's also healing something in yourself as well. So the work environment of a fire department is very different from most workplaces, as I'm sure many people are aware of. Firefighters spend an enormous amount of time with the people they work with, and they often find themselves in very high-stress, traumatic situations. In your opinion, does that change the impact of the practices you use? You know, it becomes even more important for them to use these practices because it's an essential tool for people to use to process the traumas that they're experiencing. Emergencies can happen at any moment. So to use the skills from restorative circles to debrief after an emergency is really a great benefit. And restorative circles are such an essential way to use these skills to help you paint a picture of of what happened from your perspective and also listen to what others experience as well. Uh, So it is a tool that is used easily in the firehouse, EMS stations, and fire prevention personnel and civilians to ensure that all voices are heard in the room and everyone can speak authentically. We even see that in other city agencies too. There is a policy where all city agencies should be using uh, or integrating restorative justice practices in their work. And so we'll see an even greater need for for this practice in the workplace. Hopefully that continues to expand because that reflection is so important in processing what you just went through. So what does success look like to you when you're doing DEI work for such a large city agency? Well, success cannot be easily measured, especially when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion work. But indicators of success to me include uh, seeing participation in our cultural events, our restorative circle initiatives, seeing people expressing more interest and wanting to work with our office and more people being open to asking questions, especially as it relates to DEI and just wanting to be better leaders and more inclusive leaders. Those are all ways that I've seen success uh, in my work. So besides success, what do you see as some of the greatest challenges to this work that maybe you face? I'd say one of the greatest challenges to DEI work, which actually is, is also a, 
a blessing is that there is no destination in DEI. It's, it's really a journey. And so there's no clear answer or just one way to do DEI, but it is something that utilizes a variety of skills and experiences. And so to be able to learn how to be more diverse, more equitable, more inclusive is great because I feel like it helps me figure out how I could be a better person and a better leader. And so there's always growth. It's so important. Actually, I was in a meeting earlier, we were talking about that, where you have people coming in at different levels of comfort and education, but then also having that expectation that change doesn't happen overnight, that it takes time, and that you're continually working and evolving, adapting to it. Is there anything you would recommend for people who are interested in pursuing a career in DEI work, like things that they should be thinking about, skills that they should be developing? Definitely. People of various experiences come to DEI work. I think that people who want to become DEI practitioners should really think about what brings them to the work itself. What are the ways in which they have been exposed to diverse people and What are ways that they, on a daily basis, have practiced being inclusive? I wrote my thesis while at Gallatin about how to be inclusive of yourself first before you can be inclusive of others. And so really doing the inner work to reflect on how you are being a diverse, equitable, and inclusive leader is really essential. So you know how you can bring that to any work environment or any any environment that you're in, even personal environments. Self-awareness is so important. And I think that's a perfect way to end our conversation today. So thank you so much for opening up and talking a little bit more about your experience so far, all of your work. I think it's fantastic to hear and you're doing some amazing things out there. Thanks so much, Joe. This was great. If you want to learn more about the services that are offered at the Wasserman Center, you can log onto our career portal, Handshake, through your NYU homepage. Today's episode was hosted by Joseph Mercadante with episode guest, Gina Liao. We're produced by Miriam Miller and Lily Smith, edited by Lily Smith, and created with support from Nia Beresford, Daniel Crystal, Haley Garofalo, Diana Mendez, Carrie Pannoni, and Sarah Rosenthal. That's all in a day's work. Thanks for listening.